If you don't think TikTok is for you, I'm hoping today's episode convinces you otherwise. I have the amazing Michelle Edgemont on to talk about her experience on TikTok and just how she's shifted her business to meet her audience's needs. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show that blends stories and strategies to help businesses create engaged and profitable online communities using the unique power of social media. And now your host, Andrea Jones. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. When we first connected, I um, looked at your Instagram and was like, okay, okay. And then I went over to TikTok and was like, oh, this is everything. But I know you didn't start off your business on TikTok. Um, so talk to me about like early days, beginning of your business, event designer, floral designer. How did you start marketing yourself? Yeah. So I this is my 12th year in business. Um, so we started in 2011. And 2011 was kind of like just when Instagram people were just starting to be on Instagram, I think I'd have to honestly scroll all the way back to like the beginning of my, yeah, where people were like putting, um, filters like in Instagram filters on their feed images and it was a mess. Um, so how I started marketing was I actually wanted to launch my business in like a very serious way. So I hired a branding and a marketing company, like right from the beginning. Um, and they had a lot of connections in the wedding and event space. Um, so I was able to kind of like use their connections to market. And also at that time, Facebook was a big one for businesses still. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of Facebook and Instagram was what we had. So those were the two platforms that I was using in the beginning to get my business off the ground. Yeah. And you're so visual. So back in those days as well, were you posting like what the space looked like, your final arrangements, all of those things? Yeah. So we were posting a lot of behind the scenes. Um, also, you know, if when you're in the event business, like before you have clients, a lot of people will do a photo shoot or like an editorial shoot where they get a lot of vendors together. Um, and then just do work kind of a collaboration together and get a photographer. And then that way everybody has images of work without having clients. So I did a bunch of those in the beginning. So that was a way that I had professional images of my work without actually being able to be hired. But I did post a lot of images of behind the scenes, just like stuff I shot on my phone. And yeah. That was how we got off the ground. Actually, I think when I started, I didn't even have a camera in my phone. Now that I think about it, I might have just aged myself. Right. Yeah. 2012. <laughs> we were carrying around, y'all, we were carrying around separate cameras and phones. It was actually really cute to have like the two. <laughs> it was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like collaboration was key right from the beginning. So as you were kind of connecting with photographers and wedding planners and things like that, how do you think social media bolstered those early day relationships? It was imperative to be on 
Instagram and Facebook then. And now that I also think about it, Twitter. I met so many wedding and event people on Twitter back then. Um, That was where we connected. That's where we had conversations. That's where we talked to each other about conferences, asked questions about things that we were going on in our businesses. Um, Twitter was very big for the event and wedding space back then. Yeah. And it's interesting how things have changed so much because now you are TikTok famous (laughs) in my eyes. Okay. All right. In your eyes. In your eyes. (laughs) And so I do want to talk about this because I think there's a difference between being a TikTok influencer and having a significant business on TikTok. Because to me, there's a difference between, you know, just showing up and trying to get tens of millions of views and showing up at the right place at the right time for your audience and they feel connected and they're sharing it and you're having like your micro viral moment with those people. And that's what I see when I look at your TikTok. So what, like, talk to me about the shift to TikTok. What was the first video? Like, why were you inspired to make that decision? I, I, um, kind of like two years ago ish, I started feeling a shift with how event and wedding companies and floral companies were using Instagram. Um, maybe so much not how the companies were viewing it, but how our prospective clients were finding us through social media. Um, just if we talk about weddings specifically, I'm getting older, but people getting married are staying the same age yeah. year to year in, you know, basically. Right. So say they're like 25 to like 33, I would say is like the age range of my brides and grooms. So that age group I I was finding was steering away from Instagram in the last couple of years. And they were more on TikTok. So that kind of led me to think, well, I need to start going where the clients are. There's still on Instagram a little bit, like mostly to find inspiration, like they'll search a hashtag or something, they'll send me screenshots. But in terms of finding concrete information for their weddings, like questions they have, how much do things cost? How do I even book a florist? Just like all those questions that maybe they would have normally found like on the knot or wedding wire. I find that all of that information they are now finding on TikTok. So I felt that I had to be where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so powerful. So you're, you're thinking about making this switch from Instagram to TikTok or even at least starting a TikTok account. What's going through your mind as you're like thinking about creating this, the first couple of videos? Yeah. So I was obviously nervous in the beginning because (laughs) it feels a lot more vulnerable on TikTok since everything is like video posts make a video post. It's very fast. Yeah. Um, a lot of things on Instagram are very like polished. Make yeah. sure they're perfect. Like only post professional images. Um, even if it's not a professional image, like make sure you edit it on your phone with like the same filters, not, or like editing that you always use. So they all look the same and it seemed very buttoned up. Uh, but on TikTok, I was nervous in the beginning because I don't know. I'm 40 and I don't, maybe 40 year olds aren't on. I mean, they are on TikTok, but it felt like 
the vibe was of a younger generation. And like I said, it felt like a lot more vulnerable since the videos aren't so polished and buttoned up. But now that's the fun part of it. Yeah. That's the fun part. How I can just video like some nonsense about how much like a peony costs and put it on TikTok. It takes me five minutes to do. And it has like a hundred thousand views. Yes. Um, so I feel people needed these clients that are like trying to plan their weddings need information and they like it fast. Mm. They like yeah. 15 second videos about how much flowers cost. So yeah. I felt like that was where to start putting out that informational information, educational, I guess I call it. Yeah. Oh, I find this so fascinating. And one of the things that I'm always curious about too is it feels like TikTok's popularity happened in step with the freaking pandemic. So I'm wondering, yeah. especially in your industry, like people weren't getting married. Like we didn't my have brother. anything to do. Right. <laughs> so did that impact your decision to like start creating TikToks? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I would say like the planners during the pandemic were slammed. The wedding mm. planners. Because they were rescheduling people's weddings. Right. Like they were very stressed out and crazy. But in terms of the vendor side, where my job is to come on the wedding day and make it look beautiful, they just had to tell me what day to show up. Right. And what day it was rescheduled to. So in 2020, like we had no work. In 2021, we might have had like a third amount of the work that we normally have. So we did need something to take up my time. Yeah. So do you think if you were to start today, it would be any different? I'm just curious because I feel like, um, I don't know. You know, in the beginning, I, I didn't really know what I was doing with it in the beginning. Like, is this a personal account? Is this a business account? Um, so in the beginning, there are some like really dumb videos, like with my kid, not my kids aren't dumb, but like, I'm not a mommy influencer. I'm a mom, yeah. but like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable putting pictures of them and like, too many videos of them online. And I did a few and I was like, I, I feel icky about this. So it's definitely like 95% business. And then maybe like 5% a personal little tidbit here and there. I don't know if I would start like that much that differently. Mm -hmm. Maybe I would post a few more things that were more not, not controversial, but got people talking. Yeah. Those are the videos that I like. So you mentioned that you kind of enjoy videos on TikTok as well. Um, were you like consuming a lot of content before you started as well? Like how did you, cause TikTok I find feels like its own party and you have to like observe the room before you dive into the conversation. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. You got to like feel out the vibe. Yeah. Of TikTok first. I did. I was, I was consuming a lot of content on there to begin with, just to get the feeling of the videos. And I find when other business owners ask me, like, I don't know how to get started. I don't know what to do. Like, how do you know what to do? And I literally just like scroll TikTok until I find someone else's video that I think is funny. And then I just copy it. Yeah. Like I don't copy what they're saying, but like if they're using a sound in a certain way, 
and even it's like a, a different business or even like a different, just like a stranger and they're using a certain sound. And then I find that that sound is coming up many, many times that week. Then I think, Oh, how is this, the vibe of the sound like applicable to floral design? Yes. And then once you think of that, it takes two minutes mm-hmm. to make the video and just shoot it out there. So also the beauty of TikTok is like, you don't really necessarily have to have like that many original ideas. Yep. You're not stealing other people's ideas, but you don't really need that many like ideas for actual videos. Right. You just do a spin on someone else's idea. And that's kind of the, it feels like inside jokes, right? Like if you have a joke with a friend, the joke may go so far that just like a look or even one word and you have the entire joke. That's what TikTok feels like. It's like, we're all telling the same jokes over and over again to the point where like there's an inside language almost to to navigating the platform. And it sounds like you, you kind of figured out what that is and then applied it to your business. Right. Exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. And then you see what the jokes are that week. And then the next week you see what the next trending thing is. And I, you don't have to do every trend that's on there. Like, yeah. I don't do the dances. Mm-hmm. They're just not for me. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like a hurdle that people get stuck at. They feel like the content on there needs to be the same as making a reel on Instagram or making a post on Instagram. But it's not because you just see what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And then you think of how you can use that same trend or that same hook for your business. Yes. I love that. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to dive deeper into how much time you spend on TikTok and the types of content pieces that you create and the results that you've seen. So we'll get to that when we get back. I'm so excited to officially invite you to my very first in-person retreat happening in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, Canada, November 3rd through 5th. So this retreat was designed for established business owners who really need to get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. You're tired of sitting on Zoom for yet another meeting with your kid crying and hollering in the background, and you're ready to work on the big picture topics like we talk about in this podcast episode. You know, these topics are so important and sometimes we do not carve out enough space to make important decisions in our business. And if that's you, this retreat is designed to help support you. So come join me November 3rd through 5th in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, Canada. This hallmark picturesque town is perfect for hosting this retreat. It is all-inclusive. Your room is included. All your food is included. We are going to have some amazing conversations, some facilitators, and it's just one of those places where you got to be in the room. So check it out at SavvySocialRetreat.com. I'll see you there. And we're back. I want to get a little nosy about how you create content because sometimes people feel like they have to spend all day on TikTok and you're running your business, obviously. So you're not spending all day on TikTok. So what's your cadence? Like how often are you creating videos and how do you create them? You're asking this question like I have a plan <laughs> or a strategy. No, I love the non-plan. Tell me the Which non-plan. I don't. 
the not plan is kind of what I was talking about before. Well, I'll find a hook that's happening and then I'll put my own spin on it. Um, I try to keep a folder on my phone of like work videos uh, and um, like work photos just so I don't just scroll through like my whole camera roll. Ever since starting making videos on TikTok, I have taken more during like just during the workday or during a event. I have remembered to take more just like little snippet videos throughout the day. Like here's a video of me breaking down recycling boxes. Here's a little like if I'm just doing something around the studio, like making a bouquet or making a arrangement. I just set up the phone honestly randomly it's just like leaning on like a book or something it's i don't even have a tripod <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you just record it at like a strange angle just because you'll have the content on your phone for something in the future so i found that having the availability of all of those like little clips and videos that i've been trying to remember to take throughout the day is is really helpful so I've actually found that I've probably like 75% of the time I'm taking videos, not with a plan on a video mm. to use them in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes there's a trend or a, or a hook or a sound on TikTok that you need to make a specific video to fit it. Um, but most of the time I'm just trying to remember to take little, honestly, like five second, 10 second videos throughout the day that later could work for something. Um, another Thing that I do is that maybe something will happen with a client or maybe I'll remember something from the last 12 years that I feel like would be educational or like helpful to people who are trying to get married. And then I'll just make a little video of me just like talking right to the camera about what it is and then just like quickly shoot that off. Yeah. Um, it's not a lot of time, honestly. It's like, I like it. 20, 20 minutes a day, 15 minutes, maybe even. Beautiful. So I'm curious, you said you take the little clips and then later you post it. So for me, I, I take the clips and then sometimes I forget and I'm like, oh yeah, I should, sure. I should probably post these things. So like, do you have something that helps you remember to post or is it just a saved for a day when you're like, oh, I just, I need to post today? It's just saved for a day. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll have some extra time and I'll, I'll make like five TikToks and just post them all at once. Okay. I don't know if that's a real strategy. So no one listened to me. I don't know if that's real or not. But if, if I ha I don't say things in drafts, I just make them, post them. I love it. Yeah. I don't, you're the expert for <laughs> strategy. So I don't know. It's <laughs> this is where I feel like sometimes marketers make things so complicated, myself included, because sometimes we want, we want it to be like, okay, it has to be on the schedule. It has to be posted here. And you're still showing up. I'm not saying you're not posting, but you're kind of just posting in a way that works for you. Some days it's five videos, maybe next day there's none, you know? So I feel yeah. like I like it because it feels approachable. And I think that there's, it's just like the Instagram thing where we are like, Oh, everything has to fit in this neat little box. We have to use the same Lightroom presets for everything. And it's like, right. that's yeah. not real life. That's not real life. Real life is some days I have five videos. Some days I have zero. <laughs> some days I'm going to post them all right. at once, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So has there ever been a video that you created and you were like, oh, I don't like this. And you posted anyways. Like, I think sometimes 
we go through this cycle of, or maybe it's just me where I'm like, I don't know if I'm a fan of this. And then I post it and everyone likes it. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. (laughs) Uh, I'm just opening it now to do a quick search. I don't know. I mean, there's some that I thought were going to hit that like people were going to really like, and they just never, Mm. never really took off. Um, but I haven't really, I don't know. I feel like it moves so fast that there's not so much pressure. Mm. But even if, if I don't like the video, like I'm still, I'm going to put it out there and maybe people will see it. Maybe they won't. Yeah. The algorithm will decide. Yeah. But if they do see it, I mean, also I posted videos, like I'm looking at one now. It maybe took me two, maybe took me like one minute to make. And it has a million views. So I, who knows? You don't know. You don't know. Right. You know? Okay. So (laughs) let's talk about the million views. Is that the video that has the most views for you so far or? I, yeah. Yeah. I think the next ones after that are like, 300 or 400,000 views. Okay. A million views on a video that took you one minute to make. How far into your TikTok exploration did that one minute video? Like, was this right at the beginning? Was it recent? Was it somewhere in the middle? Um, I think it was somewhere in the middle. June 8th, 2022. All right. So it was almost a year ago. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've been on TikTok for about two years. So I recall that halfway. Okay. So about a year yeah, in, you yeah. make a video, one minute it takes to make a million views. Um, what does that do to like your TikTok following the rest of your videos? Like, are you seeing a lot of followers come in from that million view video? Yeah. I would say when I make a video and um, it, it starts getting over like 20, 30,000 views, uh, more followers do do start coming in. Okay. Yeah. I find the more comments that the video gets, the more views and saves Mm. and followers it gets. I guess Mm. maybe TikTok thinks that people like it because they're commenting on it. So then they shoot it out to more people. Got it. So the comments help. Do you do anything to encourage people to comment? Um, I try to respond if it warrants Mm -hmm. a response. Uh, If it's a question, I'll respond either text or like another video. Um. Definitely the the videos that are people are the most mad about have the most comments. Okay. Uh, I don't do it on purpose. I don't put stuff out there to make people mad on purpose. But the finances of weddings is a sticky point in probably every single person that's getting married. Doesn't matter if your budget's two million dollars or two thousand dollars. And any videos that I post that talk about how much flowers cost, people are very mad. They're mad about and how much they they're cost? mad that they're so that they're so expensive. I'm putting so expensive in quotation marks. Okay. So <laughs> those videos get the most comments. The one million view video was about a very a, like a semi large budget wedding that I had, and the majority of the comments are like half florists saying. Like defending their prices and the other half, um, people getting married saying the wedding industry is a scam. So eh, I, I don't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> but the ones that make people the maddest get the most views. 
Hmm. Interesting. So from all of this, obviously your business is flourishing. I'm curious where you see that positioning. And like, I know there are a lot of people that are mad, but some people have to be like, Oh, I value this even more now. Right. Yeah. I had a lot of comments of people saying, thank you for explaining this. It's, I have no idea how much flowers cost, which why would you? Right. Which is what I tell all my clients all the time. Like you've never purchased flowers for a 100 plus person event before in your life. Like, how would you even fathom the cost of this? Like, you just don't have the information. Right. And I personally find that the information on a lot of the like bigger wedding websites is not correct because it Mm. generalizes based on the entire country and me being in the New York city area, everything is going to be more expensive. Right. So people who live in more urban areas have a little bit more sticker shock when it comes to flowers. And I, when I was getting married, it was so, so hard to find a florist or really book anything because we didn't know how much anything cost. Yeah. And then you're getting prices back for for everything and you're, you know, you have sticker shock and then you get sad and then it's a lot of emotions. Yeah. So I find the more information that brides and grooms have when it comes to specifically flower prices is only benefiting anybody. And a lot of people will say, Oh, I saw that photo on TikTok and I, or on Pinterest. And I thought that would have cost $200 when yeah. in actuality it costs like $800. Wow. And how would they know that without me or somebody telling them? Yeah. Right. In like a kind understanding way of just factual information. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm also curious, you know, you've mentioned that, you know, people are grateful. Um, what other success have you seen in your business? And I'm, I'm curious, like directly from TikTok, have people told you, Oh, I saw your TikTok and then I hired you or even vendors saying, Oh, I liked what you posted on TikTok. I want you to work with my client. Like how does that impact your business? Yeah. So I have booked a few weddings from clients who have found me on TikTok. Um, which does kind of go back to the beginning where the age of people getting married are on TikTok. They're finding their vendors on TikTok. They're not finding their vendors. Maybe they're finding their vendors on Instagram or through referrals. But if they're just blindly finding somebody, a lot of them are finding people on TikTok. And I find that the videos that I have on there are creating a, are creating trust between mm. myself and prospective clients. So they, they, I think I've booked like three weddings from people who found me on TikTok already, which is great. And I'm sure there's some bit of, you know, brand recognition between other vendors and things like that. Yeah. There's definitely more direct to client. Yeah. Yeah. So you're mostly talking to your clients, not other vendors, but the other vendors will see. I love that. I love that you have... Kind of like that direct line, because that's the question I get a lot with my clients, potential clients, my students, you know, okay, Andrea, you say we'd be on TikTok, but I need more examples of like what this could look like and what success looks like. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you today because you have 
that success. We don't have a full plan, which is perfect. I love it. We just post. We meet our audience where they are. We we're real. You share the realities of the work that you do. You build trust with people that way. I love that. I love it. Love it. So thinking about kind of the future for you, the next year. Mm -hmm. So then this time next year will be three years on TikTok. Are you going to do anything different? Oh, good question. Um, I definitely want to post more frequently. Um, I think I would like to like keep up the educational portion of it, maybe with some longer form videos um, with more like concrete information, maybe up to like the three minute marker that they give you. And then kind of breaking up that same education into the shorter ones with maybe just like the long text on the screen for like six seconds. You could say the same exact thing and then kind of make a longer form three minute video with, with more information on the same thing. I also think it's really beneficial when people respond to comments like with videos, because I know that I watch those um, on other people's TikToks. I love that feature that they built into that. Cause I know if I come across a video that's like interesting or I want more information, I'll always go to the comments and then try to find other, the videos that they responded to probably someone else who has the same question that I do. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely want to try to do more just like quick talking to the camera type of response videos to comments and questions in the comment section. Yeah. I love the response thing too. It goes back to what you were talking about. Just like the nature of TikTok is it's more like a conversation, less like a portfolio. So, you know, having exactly. those just real like, hey, I'm a human here meeting you where you are kind of moments. Love it. Love it. Um, so what about the other platforms? Like you mentioned Facebook and Instagram early on. Are you still maintaining those platforms? <laughs> okay, Facebook, no. <laughs> um I haven't posted, I don't think I posted anything on Facebook on my business page in years, 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 years. Um, maybe my Instagram images like might automatically get posted on there. Maybe I know we connected originally because I was looking for someone to run my Instagram account, which I did find someone by the way, and she's amazing. But what I needed was just an assistant level of person Um, So that's what she is. And she's just spitting out portfolio images, basically. Just keeping the feed, keeping the feed fresh, using Instagram more of a portfolio piece. And then in the stories, using that as kind of more of maybe a couple behind the scenes at the studio, little clips every now and then, and maybe some like curated images of other professionals and other industries on Instagram just to build the more aesthetic like brand vision of Michelle Edgemont design through the stories. And yeah, that's maybe I'll probably post like a personal one on mother's day. Yeah. And every now and then I'll post like a personal one or I'll do like a political thing in stories. And that's pretty much it. Twitter, I, I'm not, I don't really use that anymore. I do get my news from Twitter personally. 
Okay. Um, and what else do we got? Pinterest, maybe? Pinterest? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't post on there as often as I did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I'll put like a new wedding portfolio on my website or put up a blog post on my website, I will pin images onto Pinterest. It's it's down on my to-do list. Yeah. Okay. To I be like honest, that. But I feel like TikTok. TikTok's where where it's at. Yeah. I like that. And I like, I like how approachable you've laid everything out because like I said, I do think that sometimes we feel like we have to have everything in all our ducks in a row, everything planned, everything, you know, before we can do anything. And that holds people back. Um, I know a lot of, especially the members in our savvy social school who are learning this for themselves, like, the way that I teach it sometimes can be overwhelming and it can feel like, Oh, I have to have all these boxes checked off before I can post on TikTok." And it's like, no, just I'm giving you a framework, but you can start anywhere. You can try anything, like do what works for you. And I love that you've done that. I love that. Um, yeah. Okay, y'all. So I'm going to put all of Michelle's links in the show notes, onlinedrea.com slash 254. But Michelle has this amazing 101 wedding design secrets freebie. 101. Tell us about mm-hmm. it people like inside information um and a couple years ago i sat down and i kind of just did a brain dump of like everything i know about event design and floral design and just put it together in an ebook as a freebie for people to download and hopefully it'll help them on their event design or floral design journeys I love it. I yeah. love it. Y'all check that out. The link is in the show notes, onlinedry.com slash 254. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was amazing. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It was fun. Yay. And thank you, dear listener. If you like the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. It helps keep us in the top 100 marketing podcasts. I'll see y'all next week with another episode. Bye for now. <laughs>